Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Um, for those I haven't met, I'm Scott Suskovic, senior pastor over Christ Lutheran Churches, and I get down here at Christ South about every six to eight weeks or so, and every time I come, just my heart is warmed by what the Spirit is doing in this place. This is a, this is a bold and faithful experiment that we're doing that has really gained a lot of attention for the uh, nationwide Lutheran Church. In fact, um, we're hosting at Christ Providence a multi-site ministry workshop for medium and large churches throughout the whole country to come here, to be able to find out more about how we're doing this and why we're doing this and some logistics. Because this is, this is different. This isn't the franchise model in which every site looks and tastes and smells the same as all the others with one rock star up there preaching. Um, this is a different paradigm. This is where you know, we have a brand new start here with Christ South, and we've got a struggling church up in Concord that we adopted and took on as one of our own and put our own DNA. But here's the thing. It's one church. It's one budget. It's one membership. It's one staff. And yet every campus has the freedom to create its own expression that fits well with the people God is bringing forward. So we've got three campuses, but we really have five very distinct, different styles of worship. And I think that's the way that God is able to expand and multiply his impact, you know, not only here, but hopefully with these workshops we'll be teaching to be able to replicate this really across the country, because that's the ultimate goal is to be able to be that teaching congregation to show others about how it is to multiply the message to reach even more people. And you're part of that bold experiment. So thank you for being here for that. Uh, before I get into the message, uh, just one uh, quick announcement. If we're going to be united as a church, then periodically we're going to have campus-wide events, and one of those is today. All three campuses are coming together for a good old-fashioned church picnic. Woo! It's at the Hemby Y. If you know where Providence Road is, of course, and you go um, from 45, you go north into town, there's a road called Kuykendall. Kuykendall. You go right on Kuykendall, it's about two miles down there. So it's 3 to 7 this afternoon. Bring, you know, bring a chair, bring a side dish. We've got the main stuff covered. There are all sorts of games going on. They're, I'm told we've got that bubble soccer thing going on. So if you want to be a part of bubble soccer, uh, this will be a lot of fun. I think I'm just going to watch, but it'll be a lot of fun to see. So be a part of the bigger church. Christ Lutheran Churches, today 3 to 7, all right? Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text I want to focus on today is Matthew 5, 
13. I'll say it once and you can say it with me. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Can you memorize that? Let's try it again. Together. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. I really want to figure out what that means for today. Now, there's an old Peanuts cartoon in which Peppermint Patty is speaking to Charlie Brown. And she's mad. And she says, great. The first day of school, and I was sent to the principal's office. And it's your fault, Charlie Brown. He said, my fault? My fault? How could it be my fault? And she said, you're my friend, aren't you, Chuck? You're supposed to be a good influence on me. <laughs> Which really kind of begs the question, what kind of influence are you on your friends? Who, who among us were the ones that, um, that the parents wanted their kids to hang out with because they were a good influence? Uh, Brad, you were a good influence on your friends. And then, you know, how many... Had, had parents tell their kids, stay away from John Capecci because I know he's going to be a bad influence on you. Any raising of hands? Let's don't do that. But, you know, that's, that's what this text is getting at. We are, we are called to be that good influence. Pa Peppermint Patty is right. We're, we're, we're left to make an impression on other people. And to that, Jesus said... You are the salt of the earth. And take a look at the first two words. You are. The first word, you. Before this, Jesus was talking to everyone. I mean, it was a big, a big crowd, and, and, and Jesus spoke to everyone about this and that. And, the, and then, at this point, he he's speaking just to his disciples. Those who call him as Lord. Those who want to follow Jesus. And he says, you. Not everybody, not the world. You. Not your brothers and sisters and parents. You. Are. You are. That's a statement of declaration, isn't it? Jesus didn't say, you could be the salt of the earth. You should be the salt of the earth. If you try a little harder, you might be the salt of the earth. No, it's a declarative statement. You are the salt of the earth. And now we've got to figure out what salt is. You know, today, um, salt is one of the, the cheapest things in our cupboard. In fact, I think I read that it hasn't really changed in value for over a hundred years. You know where milk and eggs and everything else goes up? A hundred years. Pennies a pound. But not back in biblical times. In biblical times, salt was a very expensive commodity. Wars were fought over salt. In fact, the words salt and salary come from the very same root. Because there was a time in ancient days in which soldiers would be paid with bags of salt. 
It was such an expensive commodity. Can you imagine? You've been working two weeks. Your boss comes up and says, really good job. Here's a bag of salt for you. No, really, you earned it. Really? Thanks. Now, back then, of course, salt had a couple of different uses. First of all, taste. Now, we, we take it for granted because we can go to any restaurant, any spice, any ethnic background, and we just have a plethora of choices wherever we go, right? And it just fills the senses, particularly for all those foodies here among us. We just love that stuff. But again, in ancient time, you ate the same boring, tasteless gruel every day, your entire life, three times a day. And with a little bit of salt, it brings everything to life. All the senses begin to explode. A very, very expensive commodity. And of course, the second use of salt, probably more importantly, was with no refrigeration. Salt was a preservative. So you cut your meat, you butchered your lamb, and then you rubbed the meat in salt, which removed the moisture, which slowed down the decaying process. So salt was very important to be able to store your food. And Jesus now says, you are the salt of the earth. And it's not like we have a choice. It's not like we say, well, you know, I want to go to church. I want, I really like Jesus, but I don't, I don't care to be. No, no, you, if you are a follower, if you are a believer, you are the salt of the earth. So what does that mean? I would say, first of all, first of all, be rare and precious. Be rare and precious. Have that quality among you that others see. They may not be able to identify, but they want what you have. They want what you have. Be rare and precious. There's a parable that, that Jesus taught about a pearl of great wealth. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Be rare. Be precious. Be like a pearl of great value that people see that quality and they want it. Number two, I would say um, be a person of taste. And not necessarily just, you know, you're a great cook. I'm not talking about that. But we're living in more and more of a tasteless world, aren't we? More and more in a world in which comedy is no longer about telling jokes, but it's insulting people with crude language. And it passes off as comedy. Or, or movies no longer have a really strong storyline as long as they have one battle scene, one action scene after another, and exhaust you by the time you come out. Have taste. Have taste. Paul said in, in Romans, do not 
conform to this world. Do not conform, but be transformed. Have some taste. And the third thing I think it's talking about is to preserve. Like that, rubbing the salt. Preserve what is good. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's changing rapidly. Society and family. And preserve that which is good. Paul talked about this in the book of Philippians. He wrote, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Preserve that which is good. Now, Jeremiah 29, Old Testament prophet, was a time of great turmoil with God's people. The year is about 587 B.C., and Babylonia has come down, captured Jerusalem, put the Jewish people in chains, and dragged them up to Babylon in captivity. Now imagine that a warring nation came into Charlotte, destroyed it, put your family in chains, and dragged you to a foreign country against your will. And you have to kind of get into that mind frame. So now what? Am I just going to resolve and say, well, what can, I, what can a person do? Am I going to get angry? Am I going to get depressed? Am I going to plan a coup? What will we do held captive in a foreign land? So God speaks to his people in Jeremiah 29, and he says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. All right, so here's the words of advice to God, to those in captivity. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. See what God's saying so far? Go on living. Plant a garden. Build a house. Have a family. Because I have greater plans for you. I have greater plans for you. But until that time comes, God gives one more bit of advice that we hold on to today. The next line, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Seek the welfare of the city. And how can that be? How can I seek the welfare of a foreign nation who has destroyed my city and taken me now into exile. How is that possible? Seek the welfare of the city. God pushes us to a standard above the world standard, doesn't he? We are in the world, but not of the world because we are called to be salt, to add taste, to preserve, to be rare and precious. 
So how are we to seek the welfare of this city? Um, I, uh, this past week, I went to our children's center at Providence. Um, we've got 200 kids in there, part-time, full-time. And this Christ Lutheran Children's Center will also be kind of the, um, the oversight of the preschool that we want here as well at Christ South for special needs children. And it's also overseeing the one at Christ Concord that's going to do after-school programming. So it's a great ministry. It's a wonderful, wonderful, great ministry. And upstairs, they've got one room designated for wacky science facts. Wacky science facts. And I, had to, I took a picture of that because I thought, i got to use that someday, which was today. Wacky science fact. Octopus have three hearts. Lobsters pee out of their faces. Turtles can breathe out of their butts. These are all important things that preschoolers love to know about. <laughs> but the other wacky science was that the footprints on the moon put there by the astronauts in 1969 are still there. Because there is no atmosphere, they're still there. They have left a lasting impression. So when we talk about being uh, seeking the welfare of the city, it's what Peppermint Patty says, be a good influence. It's what Jesus says about being salt of the earth. It's also about leaving a lasting impression. And what does that look like? I think there are different levels Let's start with the individual level. There was a family in the congregation that during the time of the hurricane, they found some website that just said, if you want to open up your house to anybody fleeing the coast and have any stranger, whatever, come to your house for however many days, you know, sign up. I didn't do that. Didn't even know about it, really. But this family heard about it. They signed up. And, and sure enough, there was a, a young family that came from the coast that had been flooded out. And, and they came to Charlotte here and stayed with them. I think it was three or four nights. Wow. That's great in and of itself. But what if, I don't know if this is true, but what if at dinner time it comes time for a prayer? And the church folk just say a simple prayer. God, thank you for our new guests here, our new friends. Pray for their safety. Pray for the safety of those first responders. Thank you for being present among us and the gift of this food and this safe house. Amen. Now, what if this young couple that brought a couple of kids and a dog, too, <laughs> what if they hadn't been to church? What if all they knew about Christians were people standing on a street corner condemning and yelling at people? It leaves a lasting impression. Oh, this is a Christian. 
They open up their home to strangers. It's a lasting impression. Let's bump that up a notch. This past week, we, um, we launched our yearly program over at McClinic Middle School. We've been at McClinic Middle School for 12 years. They were almost going to tear down that rickety old school about six or eight years ago. It was an F rating. It was an awful school. They were about to tear it down, but because of our efforts there and the difference we were making, they built a brand new $50 million middle school there. And we've been there for 12 years. On Tuesday, we launched the fall program. We fed 526 people. We've got 18 clubs for these middle schoolers, from robotics to 3D printing to um, some sports one to carpentry to academic enrichment. We've got five classes for their parents, ESL, getting ahead, parenting classes. Also, and then we send out seven vans to go pick them up and bring them home, and we've got a free school store for all the, all the, um, the stuff you need for school. We do it every Tuesday. It takes a hundred volunteers, a quarter of a million dollars of our money coming together to make a difference. Today, today, the kids that are in this program, their test scores are 50% higher than the rest of McClinic Middle School. And today, that school that was going to be torn down with an F rating has gone from an F to a C. And it's on its way up. That's what we're as a church are doing. This is going to be a lasting impression for these kids forever. Let's bump it up a notch. We've got like 70 churches throughout Charlotte who are doing this sermon series right now for Charlotte. Every pastor writes his or her sermon, but the themes are the same. We did for the gospel, for the church, for the neighbor, and today for the city. Those 70-plus churches represent about 45,000 people based on worship attendance. What if? What if we could harness that kind of spirit power? We go beyond the words or Sunday morning worship and we put it into action. What would that look like? During Wednesdays together at Providence, I'm teaching a class right now. It's called Can We Talk? And we're bringing in all sorts of different people to talk about poverty and we're talking about racism and how we can be used as a bridging that gap. So we're going to have a judge there to talk about the judicial system. We've got a, a, a public defender to talk about what it really, how it really works. We're going to be having in um, affordable housing individuals to talk about that gap. We're going to bring in police officers from the church to talk about what their training is like. Come up just for the conversation, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock in the forum. But the big one, stunning for me, to find out that Charlotte is number 50 out of 50 cities in the country. 50 out of 50 in terms of upward mobility. What that really is saying in simple language, if you're poor in Charlotte, you're going to stay poor in Charlotte. Really inefficient public transportation. 
um, not a whole lot of um, ability of climbing with, with job opportunities. But the big one is, is affordable housing. Those on the lower income are paying anywhere between 30 to 75% of their income just on their apartment or housing. And you can't get ahead if all that money is going there. What if these 70 churches got together and figured out how can we help the affordable housing situation in Charlotte? That would be a lasting impression, wouldn't it? That would be a lasting impression. And what, and what would that impression be? That we in these 70 churches are really good people, and we've got it all together, and we want you to become perfect like we are? You know that's not true. We are cracked, broken, fallen creatures. But we leave an impression, and we're a good influence, and we are the salt of the earth because of the love and grace that we first have received from God. Undeserved, unmerited. And we share that with others. We may not be sitting in the street corner preaching Jesus Christ and this housing problem, but they know in whose name we come. The only name under heaven and upon earth, that we bow and praise. You are the salt of the earth. It's a declarative statement. It's not an invitation, nor is it a command. It is who we are to be able to be that deep influence in the city for good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have place before us this awesome privilege and great responsibility to be salt in a tasteless world, to be light in a darkened world, to make an impression while others are just passing by, to be in the city for good. Use us, O Lord, for your Son's glory and all God's children's sake. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.